We're, we're celebrating uh, the king coming. The king is coming. The king has come. The king's coming again. Um, we're in the book of Luke here and following Luke's account of Jesus's birth, his coming, God with us. And so if you have a Bible or Bible app, you can turn to Luke chapter 1. We're going to be in verses 39 through 56 today. We have Bibles underneath the chairs in front of you if you want to follow along. While you're turning there, I want to set things up here a little bit. There, there's this instinctive desire in all of us to be seen. There, there, there's something within every single one of us as human beings that we desire to be known. We desire to be seen by others. And not, necess- not at all in a negative way. We were created for community. We were created with this good desire to be in relationship, to be loved, to be known. You know, of course, in this day and age, in terms of being seen with social media, it takes on a whole new realm, right? It's a whole other level. And, 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 and in our brokenness, this need to be seen it comes out in, 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 in narcissistic kinds of ways. It comes out in, 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 in ways where we, we've got to stand out. You know, in our social media age, it's, you know, am I getting the likes? Am I getting attention? You know, we, we, we go to great lengths, you know, even, you know, we got TikTok with the videos and, and other levels. And these aren't necessarily bad things. Don't, don't get me wrong. But too often, we're looking to meet our needs in these places and trying to be seen and known in ways that aren't fulfilling. That will never be fulfilling. There's some of us that are isolated, cut off, just wishing people knew. I just wish people knew what was going on in my world. I wish people saw me and cared. And there's that isolation. And when you've been seen, when someone steps into your world and they hear you, they know you. You felt that connectedness of being known, heard, and seen. Isn't it powerful? You're just stepping into that moment right now where you're at. Isn't that powerful to be seen, to be known? We feel loved. As we step into this passage today, we're, we're going to see the power of that. You see, we're... we're where we realize that God, God sees us in our smallness. God is with us in our insignificance. That when we, when we realize that, in the God of glory, that we can't help but magnify Him and, 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 and worship Him for His greatness. When, when we realize God sees us in our smallness, His magnificence is magnified. Let's jump in here. Luke chapter 1, 39 through 56. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. She exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me 
that the mother of my Lord should come to me. For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. And holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her home. Pray with me, friends, here as we seek the Holy Spirit. Lord, we come to you in, in, in encountering your word here. And Lord, we pray that we might just get a sense of what it was like to be just a fly on the wall in Elizabeth and Mary's encounter and, and their joy, their astonishment, their worship, God. As it all began to, 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 to settle in and their, their brains and their hearts were catching up with each other with reality of God, our very God, has come to us. And they had, you had chosen them to be the herald and to be the mother, the king. Open our hearts, Jesus. Lord, to see how you see us this morning. In your name, amen. As we step into this episode, if you will, of the birth story of Jesus. We've already heard that, that God visited this woman named Elizabeth, who was barren. They were in their 60s. They hadn't had any children. And, and God was going to open their womb through natural means and provide a child. The child would be John the Baptist. He would herald. He, he would be that person to go before and say, prepare the way of the Lord. So Elizabeth and, and, and Zechariah have had a visitation from God through an angel saying, this is going to happen. And, and we are now six months into this pregnancy. And in the second episode, if you will, here in the book of Luke, uh, we see the angel and God visiting Mary, explaining, I've chosen you. In my grace and my love and my mercy, I've chosen you. You're going to bear the Son of God. And she, and she courageously steps forward and surrenders and says, let it be. I'm your servant. Let me serve you, O God. Let it be. 
Whatever costs may come my way, let it be. I'm here to serve you. So Mary was given the evidence of, of this miracle in her is that her cousin, who's been buried, and everybody knew it, she's old. Not older, in that day and age, 60, was, that was old. For those who are 60 now, that's, you're just older. Just want to clarify that. Not hurting any feelings here. Just mature people. Mary goes and visits her cousin, checking things out, confirming the testimony that the angel gave her. She shows up in the house and, 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 and in the courtyard and area, if you will, and cry, you know, cries out, I'm, I'm, I'm here, Elizabeth. I'm here, Zechariah. I'm here. And Elizabeth, we're not sure if it was face-to-face or if she heard it first before seeing her. And Elizabeth, when she hears that greeting, baby John does a little dance in her tummy. And we got a couple, couple mamas in the house here who are, uh, you know, nine months along here getting ready to have babies. And we've got some mamas who can remember that feeling of, of when that movement happens and some movements are bigger than others and it's like, get that elbow out of that rib. or Give me some relief, child. Come on. This baby does a movement that, 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 is, that is obvious. It's not just an arbitrary like, oh, you know, there's another. It was, it was a very clear connection of, of, of a joyous excitement of this child moving in celebration in her tummy. And Elizabeth, we hear here, it, she didn't just respond and just, you know, you know, uh, 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 cordially greet Mary here. She exclaimed with a loud cry. All right, there's something special going on here. She's yelling out. She's crying out. Blessed are you among women. You know, oftentimes we kind of read these stories, we're really familiar with them, and we lose sight of what's the significance of what's happening. And you imagine taking in both Mary, Elizabeth. You know, Elizabeth at this point is like, the king has come. I'm in the presence of the king of God himself. He's finally come. And the excitement, you know, we kind of show up here on our, you know, Christmas worshiping, and we're like, God of glory. You know, we're, we're kind of casual in our singing and our, and our celebration. You know, it's real rote and familiar to us. And we lose sight of how mind-blowing and awesome this event is. And so she's going cray-cray on Mary here. Enjoy. And she explains here what happened. The Holy Spirit's on her moving. She didn't know that what was in Mary, because Mary, you can imagine as a mom, she was told, I'm, I'm going to be with a child, but it's kind of in that area and time where there's not a lot of, you know, nobody else could tell because uh, the conception had just taken place miraculously by the Holy Spirit. There wasn't a lot of changes. Body maybe, you know, maybe a little fatigue and such, but there's just not a lot of changes going on yet. So as you can imagine the disconnect, she's never been pregnant before. Okay, she doesn't know 
what this is like. And, and so the mind and, and the uh, catching up with the reality. This is, this is the case for a lot of us men, right? When our wives get pregnant, it's this, this thought. Like the wife's body is changing, but we have like no connection other than like her hormones might be a little bit different. Amen. <laughs> we might be, you know, more sensitive or learning to be more sensitive or needing to learn to be more sensitive. But it takes time for us as guys to catch up, right? And you know, when, what that, remember that special time, guys, when, when, when your, your wife, uh, uh, when she's pregnant enough and the baby's large enough and, and, and you can feel that baby move. And you remember what happened to you just mentally. Is that like, this is just, this just got real. I'm a dad. Whoa. I mean, we had all kinds of evidence happen in our wives, but then it just all of a sudden that moment where it's real for the first time for you. Well, Mary doesn't have all that evidence yet. And, 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 and she hears from Elizabeth through the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth didn't know. Elizabeth wasn't told through the Holy Spirit in that moment. All of a sudden it's, it's clear. My savior is in my cousin's womb. My savior And to hear this from Mary's side of things, whoa, it's getting real. Elizabeth's response, take note of this here, verse 43. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord would visit me? In Elizabeth, in her response, to realizing God with us is, is with me now. Is with me now in the womb of my cousin. Why me? Why am I so graced to have such a visit from my God? And my cousin here now, why me? That sense, that awe of the honor of being seen by God. Of being visited by God. She knows she doesn't deserve it. And all of a sudden, God becomes so big in her world because she knows how small she is and, and, and the honor to be in the presence of God. It's Mary taking all this in. Her reaction then. is worship. She herself, just as Elizabeth is, is in awe that God would see me and choose to come to me. And my king would visit me through my cousin. Mary now gets it. And she can't help but worship. In all of her smallness, she realizes this 16-year-old girl in the sticks in rural Israel, God has chosen me. I don't deserve this. In all my smallness, she sees God's bigness. And so her words here in verse 46, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices 
in God my Savior. He has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For now, behold, all generations will call me blessed. The mighty one has done great things for me. Do you hear that, that juxtaposition, that, that contrast of magnify him? You, you, know, you know what magnifying does, right? We all brought out those magnifying glasses at one point. Sometimes we flipped them over, right, in order to, you know, apply some heat to those ants or insects. Maybe just do a little, you know, physics experiment, right? Cause some roasted, you know, cockroaches and grasshoppers and ants, right? We all flip the right way. That magnifying glass makes large, right? What, 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 what appears small to us, it makes large. My soul magnifies the Lord. My, my, my soul opens my eyes to see the greatness of God. The mighty one has done great things. Do you, do you hear that language of the bigness of God that's happening for Mary? Because What did she say? The one of humble estate. Because she knows her smallness. She knows her insignificance. She's she's unseen. No, no, no. She's not special for any reason. Mary's not famous in Israel or anything or even in her neighborhood. But God has chosen to see her and to, to, to give her his grace And and, and she can't help but worship. Because when we in our smallness encounter the reality that God sees me and loves me and knows me, we see his greatness and we worship. She goes on here. This isn't just for Mary. This is a reality of who God is in his nature for all of us. And in this reality of this moment of God coming to me and, and, and bringing the king, my king, my own savior, and he's put him inside of me. This isn't just about me. This is how God sees all of us. All of us. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. Those who make themselves small before him. The word fear him isn't like, you know, God's a cosmic cop and when is he going to catch me being bad? I'm going to get struck by lightning. He's talking about those who bow. Those who show honor and reverence. Those who make themselves small before the mighty one. They encounter mercy. Notice how she goes on from 50 through 55. How how she's magnifying God, his mercy. He has shown. He has brought. He has filled. He has helped. It's not about Mary. It's about him. He is so great. He is wonderful. And how does he apply his might? To those who are proud, he opposes. He will crush those who are small are the ones who are seen. Those who are poor, those who are lowly are elevated. Those who have nothing, they are filled 
the, in kingdom economics, Jesus, God, shows us that he flips the values and the patterns of this world. Those who are victims of the sin of this world, those who are who God aligns with and associates with. But those who seek to elevate themselves, who seek to be God, who, who are proud in their self-reliance, I'm going to take care of myself. Those who are proud, who don't see that they have brokenness and wrongness in their lives. Those who are proud, who are, who are quick to blame and point out others, but are not humble and apologize and are, are quick to self-examine. Those who believe that they're the rightful judges, they have this double standard, right? Where they can point out what other people have done wrong, but they, they, they don't show the humility of being first like, this is how I'm broken. This is how I need Jesus. God opposes them. But the lowly, the humble, the poor, the hungry... The unseen, God elevates. This is in all of creation. How does Mary get there from here? How does she understand this? This wasn't a new thought for Mary. Pastor Jose, when he opened our sermon series, he talked about this phenomenon of echoes of the past. Echoes. In Jewish culture, where, where when they hear something in, in, in their contemporary time that would remind them, I've heard this before. This is a sign of God moving. I've heard these words before. I've heard or felt this kind of encounter. It reminds me of something somewhere else. And, 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 and a thousand years before, there was a woman named Hannah. In 1 Samuel chapter 2, you can find the story of Hannah, who was also unable to have children. And God blessed her and opened her womb to, to, to give birth to a, a gentleman named Samuel, who would anoint David, the, first, the, the king after God's own heart. And, and, and in, in finding that God had chosen her to open her womb, she sings a song. And it's very similar to Mary's. And for the sake of time here, I'm just going to encourage you, go to 1 Samuel chapter 2, verses 1 through 11, and read that song. And you're going to find, wow, that is eerily familiar in this, and, and so close to Mary's song. Because in it's the same language of how God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. He will cast down the mighty, those who are self-reliant, those who rely on their own possessions and their own wealth, but don't trust in God, who, whose hands are clutched, but they're not open in generosity. They're not open in trust and obedience. They're open, their hearts are hardened in judgment towards others, but not in brokenness before the king and in compassion towards others. You see, it's God's pattern, it's God's character and his nature to, to, to align himself and to pursue and work for the broken, the humble, the unseen, the insignificant, the poor, those who are victims of sin in this world. 
God uniquely aligns himself. Whatever you've done to the least of these, you've done to me. This, this, um, this week, I was, made a quick trip to Nebraska. Probably most of you don't know this. Um, was fortunate to make it back in the midst of the snowstorm, praise the Lord. Um, my, my best friend in high school, his mom died this week. And it wasn't expected. It was, it was due to COVID. Um, and, it, um, and, and, it's, and it's heartbreaking. She was such a special woman. Um, her name's Carol Friend. You can ju- go ahead and jump to, ahead to that slide. Um, Carol Friend, um, such a special woman. And in the funeral service, as I was sitting there, I um, was fortunate to be able to make it down uh, for the service on Friday morning. And I was just sat there and just reflecting on Carol and her life. And, and Carol was such a special woman to me and you know those 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 mamas right and like their hugs can just make everything better right and she 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 was a baker she loved goods and she loved to eat her goods too and she made great you know pastries and all kinds of food and she was such a sweet blessing. She got me, uh, in, in growing in, in high school, got me connected with reading books like by Frank Peretti, This Present Darkness, and Spiritual Warfare. And, and she had her place in my own formation. Carol, Carol was one of, she was an unseen person. Her, Tim, her, my, my, my good friend, um, and his sister, Nikki, um, their father left Carol, Van and her, and, and um, he went on, and, and he would be well taken care of as a doctor and a physician, and, and, and he, he would, he had no problems, but she struggled. I mean, there were times where she literally only had $2 to their name. She fought to provide for the kids. And, and she, she, you know, uh, uh, didn't have the opportunity to get career jobs that, that, would, w- w- that would abundantly supply. She was always bouncing around between jobs, uh, clerical jobs that, 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 that afforded her the flexibility and, 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 and made the be- met the ba- basic needs, but they weren't always great in work environments. She was always unseen. She was always taking on the problems and the pains of others. And even at, 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 at I would say, kind of abusive scenarios, too, in her workplace. She was unseen. People didn't know her pain unless they were very close to her. She had such faith and such strong shoulders because she knew who her king was, because she knew that she was seen. And because she knew she was seen by the Father, she had such compassion. Her heart was so big even though she had nothing and a lot of life was just being sucked out of her. And I sat there in the funeral. I'm just reflecting on how unjust life was for Carol. And I'm weeping in that space. And at the same time, coming to realize, Jesus wrote this sermon, by the way, 
in the funeral. Realizing that Mary, Hannah, Carol all had a similar story. Carol loved so well because she knew that she was loved so deeply by her father, even though nobody else knew and understood what she was going through. She ended, she was a greeter or or working out at the self-checkout lines in, in Walmart, and she would spend all day praying. People didn't know what kind of spiritual warfare, what kind of covering, what kind of intercession was being done for their, their lives. Carol, unseen, loving, thousands of people. But her circumstances never improved. Things in her life didn't get better. But that didn't stop her from magnifying the Lord because she knew the Lord, her Savior, loved her dearly and was in her presence and in her pain with her. But you might be saying, how do I I know this? How is this true for me? How do I know that God sees me? And the, the, the biggest thing that, that, that tells us the truth that we always have to come back to is the cross, friends. It's a historic reality. It's a factual reality we cannot deny. And it's in the cross that we see that God didn't just lower himself. He became the lowest being in existence in order to lift you and I up in order to overturn these dynamics in this broken world where, where, where the unjust, the evil, the proud get by with it. They succeed. We have millions who, who are impoverished and die, and we have a handful of people with billions of dollars in the world that can, can radically affect poverty. God sees. And in the cross, he stepped into that poverty. He stepped into the evil and injustice. He stepped in and he took it all on himself. And he became the most rejected being in existence in order to lift us up. God sees you in whatever loneliness and isolation, whatever place of being unseen The king is with you and he has stepped towards you and he loves you and his embrace is bloody, but it is his love demonstrated that I have turned eternity for you with my might and my power. Your God who created you, your God who you Stiff arm in your sin. Your God who loves you in your brokenness, in your insignificance, that nothing may make you stand out like the culture requires to be seen. He sees you. That brokenness where others would say, that's dirty, or I can't believe that, or you get judged. He says, I love you and I want 
you. I forgive you. Your penalty, I'm going to pay it for you. When we begin to let that sink in, Emmanuel, God with us, God with you. When we begin to get it like Mary, my soul magnifies the Lord. When we get that God in his glory and his perfection and his goodness, he sees me. In my smallness, I can't help but make much of his bigness. I can't help but magnify his greatness. I must worship him. The question is, will, will you let yourselves be seen? Will you stop stiff-arming him? Will you let him embrace you in your brokenness? Will you, will you, will you stop trying to do things for yourself and let him and, and be reliant and dependent on him. It's okay to be weak because you are. You don't have to be seen by others to be seen by the one that matters. Who made you? Will you let yourself be seen and let it sink in? Today's we're celebrating communion. In, 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 in our celebration of the cross, the, the broken body, the blood shed for us. We're going to read out of Isaiah 53. Jesus was that suffering servant. And we're going to reflect on he became the lowest, most despised, most despicable, most rejected being on earth. For you and me to lift us up. We reflect on his love for you. His pursuit of you. And friends, let our hearts swell. Elizabeth couldn't contain it. She, she let it go in a loud cry. Mary burst into song. I don't expect y'all to start dancing or something. I mean, if you want to, go ahead. But... Let it, let, it be, let it be penetrated by his love. 